You may be seated. And when you are, please open your copies of God's Word, your Bibles, to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses 22 through 35. If you're using one of the Bibles you find in the chairs in front of you, you'll find the passage on page 857. 857. Just to give you a little bit of context here, um, we're talking about the Lord Jesus, but not when he was an adult, when he was about a month old. And uh, Jesus has an encounter, an encounter with a prophet, a prophet named Simeon. Uh, They will uh, meet one another in the temple. And we'll give, uh, during the sermon itself, we'll give a little bit more context. It's about what's going on historically and so forth. So again, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 22. I'd remind you, this is God's holy and inspired word. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him, that is Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And here we will end the reading of God's word. Let's come to him in prayer, asking that he would illumine our hearts and minds. Lord, we stand before you as people, needy people, um, earthy people. Uh, Lord, you have given your spirit, though, that we might understand Lord, you know that um, even though uh, we have, by the Spirit, had a heart change, still we are in need of so much. Lord, we do ask that you would meet us here today and that you would speak. We pray that you would help us to think on the Lord Jesus and marvel. Lord, we would ask for your grace. We'd ask you to hear our prayer in Christ's name and for his glory's sake. Amen. 
In my early uh, 20s, I had a boss whose name was Henry. I liked Henry a lot. We got along really well, I I thought. And uh, at one point, he asked me if I would be willing to take on some extra work. And then he laid out a plan for me, and he said that if I uh, took on this extra work, that at the end of the year, I would receive a promotion. And then the two of us sat down in his office and worked out in some detail what that promotion would look like. Um, I took Henry up, of course, on his offer, and I made sure to do what he asked me to do throughout that year. And when the end of the year had arrived, I was super excited, as you might imagine, and I uh, went in uh, to Henry's office to talk to him about the promotion. Uh, I reminded him of our conversation, and I said, Henry, it's, it's the end of the year. Uh, we talked about uh, this promotion. What, what's next? And he looked up at me blank, confused, like, what, what are you talking about? I, well, I, n- I never talked to you about a promotion. I mean, I couldn't, be- I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I was shocked. I couldn't believe that he would do that to me. I, I reminded him about our conversation, one we had had, and he just denied it. He said it never took place. And I learned a very powerful lesson uh, that day in business. Always get things in writing, right? <laughs> boy, oh boy. I couldn't believe he did me like that. He, he broke his promise to me like that. Well, in Luke 2, you learn that God keeps his promises always and without fail. He delivers on his promises. You can see that. For instance, he keeps his promise to Simeon, doesn't he? Look at verse 29. Simeon says, according to your word, according to your word, my eyes have seen your salvation You see, in this passage, we learn that we should embrace God's promise, his promises with an unshakable trust. And as the text begins, we find Simeon waiting with anticipation. That's our first heading, waiting with anticipation. If you were to turn back to the opening pages of Luke's gospel and uh, you were to begin to read, you would read about young Mary In Luke chapter 1, we're told that an angel named Gabriel was sent to the Virgin Mary, uh, who was engaged to be married to Joseph. And the angel told her that though she was a virgin, she was going to have a baby, that there was going to be a miraculous conception. And of course, she said, how? How is this going to be? And he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And the Gospel of Matthew says that an angel also appeared and led Joseph in on this as well. So he knew for sure what was going on. 
And as Luke 2 begins, you learn that the Roman emperor wanted every man to be registered, probably because he wanted to collect as much tax as he could possibly collect. And the Roman registration required that every Israelite return to his ancestral home. And since Joseph was of the family of David, he had to travel to Bethlehem with Mary, who was, of course, expecting a baby. And while they were in Bethlehem, the time for Mary to give birth came. They tried to get a room at the inn, but apparently there were no rooms available. And so they took what was their only option, and that was to take shelter in a manger, in an animal's enclosure. That's what they did. And normally when a woman was giving birth, the men sat outside. They didn't know anything about helping someone give birth. But there was no time and there was no midwife. So the carpenter had to help. That's what he did. Meanwhile, outside the city, angels appeared to shepherds. We read about that this morning. Not 50, not 100, not even 10,000, but a multitude of angels, perhaps the entire angelic army of heaven. And they declared what? They declared peace and told the shepherds that on that very evening, the Savior, who was Christ the Lord, was to be born in the city and so once the shepherds gathered themselves, they hurried off toward the city to see if they could find the child. And eventually they did. Eventually they found Mary and Joseph and the new baby. And they must have marveled at what they saw because they were told what, who this baby was by the angels. The Son of God became, listen, he became a real man. Not just someone who appeared to be a man, he took upon himself a human nature. God, the Son of God. He had a real human body, mind, and emotions that were complete with their inherent human weaknesses. And yet he was born without a corrupt nature and remained sinless through his life. There he was. There he was, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, a newborn baby. And among the animals in the barn, you see, Jesus was born of low estate. His parents were poor. And verse 24 gives evidence of that. It says two turtle doves or two young pigeons were offered and this was offered for a family who couldn't afford to offer a lamb and a turtle dove. You find that in the Mosaic Law in Leviticus chapter 12. The Mosaic Law provided them with this option because they were poor. Mary and Joseph carefully followed the law found in Leviticus chapter 12. They circumcised Jesus on the eighth day, and then they took him to Jerusalem to present him to God at the temple. According to the Mosaic law, the firstborn male child was considered holy 
or was to be set apart and had to be dedicated or presented to the Lord. This dedication was a symbolic acknowledgement that the child belonged to the Lord. And Joseph and Mary were committed. They were committed believers. They kept God's word by bringing Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem for dedication. This act demonstrated their obedience to the law and their recognition that Jesus should be consecrated to God. You'll notice in your Bibles that verse 25 introduces us to Simeon. It's likely that Simeon was an old man by what we see in the text. And similar to Mary and Joseph, Simeon was dedicated to obeying God's word. Look at verse 25. Verse 25 says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. One thing we know about Simeon is that he was devout. He had a deeply committed life, and he had reverence toward God. He wasn't merely externally observant. He demonstrated a genuine faith that influenced the way he lived his life. He had a heartfelt love for the Lord. That's what it means to be devout. And Luke also describes him as righteous, doesn't he? Simeon lived a life that by human standards was marked by integrity, fairness, and obedience to the law. But it's crucial to recognize that human righteousness, as commendable as it may be, doesn't equate to sinlessness before God. Even individuals deemed righteous by human standards are in need of salvation, including Simeon. And Simeon knew it, didn't he? You could see that in verse 30. He talks about, I've seen salvation. Like us, he, he was a sinner. He needed salvation. He needed to be saved. Verse 25 says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The term consolation carries the idea of, of peace during a time of distress or sorrow. In the context of Israel's history, the nation had experienced various forms of hardship, including foreign occupation and a sense of spiritual longing for the fulfillment of messianic prophecies of the Old Testament. Simeon was eagerly awaiting the arrival of the promised Messiah, the Christ who was anticipated to bring consolation and redemption to Israel. And his waiting wasn't passive. It was marked by a deep longing and hope rooted in the promises of God found in the scriptures. Simeon believed that God would keep his promises. He believed that the Christ was coming. Consider verse 26. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit 
that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon had received an oracle from God making it clear that he would not leave this life without seeing the Lord's Christ. The term Christ is the Greek word for anointed one. The Jews expected that one day God would fulfill his promise to send a special deliverer. The Christ wouldn't be simply and anointed, but the anointed, the Messiah, the Christ, the one, the Savior. Simeon is an example to us. He exemplifies patient anticipation for God to fulfill his promises. His example teaches us an important lesson about being patient and expectant, to have a patient and expectant heart, trusting in God's timing to fulfill his promises. Don't miss this encouragement. Don't miss this encouragement in the text for you. Trust God's timing for the fulfillment of his promises. God is absolutely truthful, inherently good, and morally pure. He remains constant, incapable of failure. His promises are secure because he is unwavering. He does not change. As our text continues, we see that God fulfills his promise. Simeon, beholding Christ, discerns redemption. That brings us to our second point, recognition of redemption. Recognition of redemption. One of the privileges, one of the great joys of being a pastor is being able to officiate weddings. I get as front row of a seat as you can possibly get uh, with the bride and the groom just before me. And the entire time they're holding hands and staring at each other with big uh, smiles. And it is a joy to see. But one of my uh, favorite things, one of my favorite moments of a wedding is the first appearance of the bride. You know, that moment all of a sudden the music changes or it comes to a crescendo, right? And then the doors swing open and everybody stands and turns and there she is uh, appearing in the back as gorgeous as can be. And it's at that moment I like to look at the groom's face. It's a look on his face of joy and wonder, looking at the beauty, elation, He's so grateful and he's taking it all in as he looks at her. And we see something similar in our text. Imagine Simeon's joy. Imagine his elation. Simeon was likely at home carrying on his day. Perhaps he was just engaged in routine activities of life and suddenly a compelling and unignorable prompting seized him. 
an unmistakable urging that could not be ignored. He had a strong urge and leading to go to the temple. And upon reaching the temple, his anticipation reached a crescendo. He saw Jesus in his parents' arms, and he knew. He knew this was him. The moment of recognition was profound and immediate. Simeon was overcome by the Spirit's revelation and understood with unwavering certainty that this tiny, one-month-old baby was the long-awaited salvation of Israel, the promised Messiah. Draw your attention to verse 27. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms. Imagine Simeon's weathered hands gently taking the infant Jesus from Mary and Joseph and drawing the child close to his chest with an instinctive tenderness. It was a moment of profound connection, the culmination of a lifetime of faithful waiting and the fulfillment of divine promises. Simeon, in that singular moment, held in his arms the embodiment of hope and salvation for, the, for Israel, for the world, and for himself. The atmosphere in the temple might have seemed hushed. The divine encounter between man and Messiah unfolded in the presence of the Almighty. As Simeon held the baby Jesus, he began to bless God and to prophesy. Verse 28 says, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. With the baby in his arms, Simeon experienced a profound peace in his soul, and he should have. He was holding the prince of peace in his arms. The one of whom the angels sang, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Imagine Simeon's peace and deep satisfaction at seeing the promise fulfilled. With Jesus in his arms, his soul found rest. And the reason is clear. In verse 30, Simeon says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Jesus was and is God's salvation. And verses 31 and 32 make it clear that that salvation is for all peoples. This babe would bring the light and glory of salvation not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. 
He is to be the savior of the world. All nations will come to him for light and life. Jesus is salvation because he provides redemption and forgiveness of sins. Through faith in Christ, you can be reconciled to God, justified and granted eternal life. True peace, true peace comes only when you take Jesus into your arms and trust him as your savior and Lord. And once you've done that, Once you've done that, share the light of Christ. The promise of salvation is for everyone. Jesus is the light of the world, but Simeon draws our attention to a sobering reality. He gives a prophetic warning that unveils the cost of redemption. Unveiling the cost of redemption. That's our third heading unveiling the cost of redemption. In my early 20s, I remember taking a tour of a school, and it's not because Henry failed me, but it was around a similar similar time. I was taking a tour of a school, and I was considering enrolling in the school, and I was talking to the admissions guy, and the admissions guy was super happy, a big smile, very upbeat, liked to make you laugh. Uh, he seemed like a great guy, and he showed me all around campus, and we would poke our heads into ongoing classes, and he would whisper a few things to me, and then we'd keep touring around the school, and he'd tell me about the professors I would be studying with, and he told me about the classes I would uh, be taking, and then told me um, how many of the students graduated and what great paying jobs they got once uh, they had graduated. He promised that I wouldn't regret enrolling into this school. And then we went back to his office and we sat down in his office and he slid me the price. Uh, (laughs) Wow. The next half hour got really awkward. He was trying to close the deal and I was trying to figure out a way out of his office. (laughs) The school was wonderful, but the cost was high. And we see that in our text Jesus is a great salvation, but the cost is going to be high. Picture the intimate setting in the temple. Simeon has taken the infant Jesus into his arms and he begins to speak profound and prophetic words about the child. Mary and Joseph are standing nearby and their eyes are filled with wonder and amazement. The air is charged with a sense of divine significance as they hear Simeon's words. Their faces reflect a mixture of emotions, astonishment, gratitude, and a deep sense of reverence. And then comes the weight of the words spoken about their son. Jesus has been appointed for the rise and fall of many in Israel. He will be a sign that's opposed. 
and the sword would pierce Mary's soul. Draw your attention to verse 33. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Jesus was appointed for the rise and fall of many in Israel. His arrival would have a polarizing effect on individuals. Some would stumble and fall perhaps due to their rejection of him or their refusal to accept his teaching, while others would rise experiencing the transformative power of having faith in him. The imagery reflects the spiritual implications of encountering Jesus. Some will reject him, leading to a downfall, while others will find redemption and rise to new life through their acceptance of him. The same is true in our day. The Bible says that Jesus is a sign to be, or that will be, opposed. And what do we know about signs? Signs give us information. They tell us certain things. They give us instructions or they tell us what's to come ahead of us. We can heed the sign or it can be ignored. Jesus serves as a sign directing people to God's redemptive plan. But he would face opposition. The opposition would come from those who resisted his teaching, questioned his authority, and rejected his claim to be the Messiah. Jesus would face opposition that would take him to the executioner's cross. And watching all of this, Mary would feel as though a sword pierced her very soul. Imagine bearing the Savior and then watching him go through all the things he would go through. Jesus would be despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was God manifested in the flesh, the long-awaited Messiah, and he was despised and rejected by the ancient church. That was all part of God's plan, wasn't it? It was part of the cost for your, rege- for your redemption. Jesus was rejected, betrayed, falsely accused, unjustly condemned, He was mocked, spat upon, slapped, beaten, whipped, and he was crucified. He hung in shame on a cross while the crowds mocked him and his mother watched him die. But that wasn't even the worst of it. Believer, your sin was transferred to Jesus. He wore your sin. Jesus became sin 
unholy and heartbroken, the father poured out his infinite wrath upon his son. And for the first time ever, the son asked, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God kept his promise to send a redeemer. And this was the high cost of your salvation. What happens when people read the sign? What happens when people are exposed exposed to Christ and his cross? Our text ends by saying that your thoughts and hearts are revealed by it. Some will respond with faith. Others will harden their hearts. How will you Respond. I want to tell you to respond with faith. I'm not going to do an altar call or ask you to raise your hands. It's something that you must do, but know this, I'm telling you, respond with faith. you will find peace that is profound and that you cannot imagine. As we reflect on the narrative of Simeon and the infant Jesus, we're reminded of the truth that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies and the Savior of the world. Our passage emphasized the importance of having a patient and expectant heart. You learn that you should trust in God's timing for the fulfillment of his promises. Our text also highlights the joy and peace found in beholding Jesus as the embodiment of your salvation. And we're reminded that salvation is open to everyone who believes And we recognize the sobering reality that the redemption brought by Jesus came at the price of opposition, rejection, and ultimately the crucifixion. The cost vividly depicted in Jesus's rejection, suffering, and crucifixion was the high price of our salvation. It's a testament to the love and grace of God. As you respond to the sign of Christ and his cross, may your heart be filled with faith, embracing the salvation offered through Jesus, the light of the world. Amen. Lord, we are grateful that you had this plan to send into this world the Son of God. Lord Jesus, we are grateful that you came, that you kept the law on our behalf, and that you were faithful even unto the cross. Lord, we are grateful for our redemption and for the free offer of the gospel that anyone who embraces and trusts in you will be saved and will have eternal life. O Lord, move in our hearts. 
Help us. Change us. We'd ask you to hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.